Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I'd like to welcome you all back to the Hell State Shockwave. I'm uh, Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for staying listeners, being established listeners that have uh, been with us throughout the beginning and uh, up until now. And I also want to thank you new listeners. Maybe this is your first time listening, and uh, we're glad to have you just as much. Uh I'd be admit, uh, remiss if I didn't mention, you know, I have mentioned this a few times previously. Uh, we are syndicated by Wave Sports Media. Uh, we uh, we just hope that if you uh, get the chance to follow, you know, some of those Instagram accounts run by Wave, uh, some of those social media things, they're doing some really good things, but quickly becoming one of the top sports media uh, companies in the world. Uh, with that being said, I am your host, Colton Watson. I'm your co-host, Gavin Lagazino. And uh, welcome to the show once again. Um, if in previous episodes, if y'all like, if you've heard me talking over Gavin and it just sounds like I'm being terribly rude, that is because sometimes my audio forget. Me and Gavin are not close to each other. We are far away. He is in the Memphis area. About in two North and a half City. He's two and a half hours away and I'm in Starkville. And uh, sometimes my audio for him cuts out, although it sounds just fine for y'all when you listen to the recording. But I can't hear him. And I have to really listen real close. And sometimes I miss him. But uh, that's all that. Uh, that's so all Colton, I Colton's that. not a jerk. I mean, I am a jerk, but I don't talk over people. <laughs> uh, I try my best not to do that because you can't prove people wrong if you can't uh, listen to what they're saying. And that's what I like to do best is prove people wrong. Um, (laughs) uh, One more plug before we start. Uh, The other day, I did talk about my dad being an overreacting kind of person, uh, a panicky kind of person. And I wanted to make sure that everybody knows that Bob is a very wise, intelligent, kind man. And he does get excited, but he's just a passionate sports fan. He's not some crazy nut that I have to talk, talk, talk him down at every kind of crazy situation. Uh, cause some people were getting that idea. I think, uh, uh anyway, did I you and Bob have to have a conversation about this? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's entirely possible. I, I did. I, even when I said those things about him, I said next episode, I need to clear that up. And I didn't, uh, but uh no every i would i owe my mississippi state fandom to my dad of course him you know he's the one that got me into all these sports and now uh is probably one of the things i care the most about in my entire life that happened at 420 all right well uh the first thing i want to get into today is uh if you haven't been listening to the show all along you know maybe you should uh and not you know tutor on horn or anything but we were the first uh news outlet i guess you'd call us to break the news that uh Elijah McNamee would in fact be in the regional. We were also by a whole couple of days the first to put out there that JT Ginn would be fine for the super regional. Of course we ended up not needing him and that's uh everybody. But uh you know I saw him warming up and uh shagging balls in the outfield, you know, happy happy as a clam uh before the game yesterday night yesterday evening. And uh but we reported that first. Uh and in the post game presser uh, Coach Lamonis did say that JT would have thrown today if needed. He so. did. Uh, JT was slated to go today if we needed it. Uh, also, this isn't really breaking news. A lot of people were really confused with who the starters would have been for Stanford. Um, 
Uh, we did our homework and made sure to get that right uh, to the best as best possible. Um, maybe somebody goes yesterday that, uh, or excuse me, goes to, uh, would have went tonight that we might not have expected. But uh, both of the guys that went this weekend, uh, we did our proper homework. They had some confusing things in their rotation. That was tough. And part of that reason is, is their rotation wasn't fantastic. Uh, they had to yeah. figure some things out a little bit. But uh, let's get into last night. And uh, let's just talk about some of these big moments, first of all. Who wasn't rooting for Jake Mangum to smoke an opposite field single on the first pitch of a leadoff at bat in his last ever plate appearance at Duty Noble Field. Nobody. I don't even think Ole Miss people wanted that wanted anything different. Maybe Stanford. Maybe maybe, maybe Stanford if they're trying to pull off the, a huge comeback. Uh, I I think even if Stanford says, "Look, if we're going to lose, you might as well give these guys some big moments." You know, I don't think Stanford yeah. had their feelings hurt too bad about that. I want to talk about how awesome it was that we got because you know. I don't know about y'all, but that song, Your Love by the Outfield, has come to mean so much to me. And you can't play walkout songs in the regionals and the, or in the super regionals. But I'll tell you what you can do. Is you can play songs between innings. And what Mississippi State got to do is whoever was about to come up to bat, we'll just play his walkout song between those innings so at least somebody gets a walkout song. Yeah. And so we got to listen to the almost the entire rendition of the outfield's Your Love a song that we've all come to know and love right before Jake slapped that single and did exactly what he's been doing for four years at Mississippi State, and that's getting on base. Uh, that was I thought that was a magical moment of the night, but uh, I was I was quite mistaken. Don't you agree? <laughs> yeah. Uh, about, what, probably two minutes later, you might have had your mind changed. They – uh. Jack Little had a who's the reliever that had a great night until that inning against us. Uh, they pull him, and here I'm just going to recall my memory of the of the event for y'all before we uh, that y'all know what I'm talking about. Before uh, we break down to what actually happened, I see that they're pulling him, and I remember rushing to the bathroom, and I rush back to get my spot. And McNamee's already had about three of these pitches. He's already three zero before I even get back to my spot, but. Uh, it gets to 3-0, and I'm like, please don't walk him. Please don't walk him. Please don't walk him. Please don't walk him. And I know Max saying the same thing. He swings at a 3-0 pitch, which I knew he would, and uh, gets get, – anyway, ends up fighting back – the pitcher ends up fighting back to 3-2, the new guy, which was Matheson. And then Max hits this absolute rocket. And everybody, as soon as the ball came off the bat, was freaking out. I actually was so dumbstruck by the moment – I couldn't say a word or make a movement. I reached out and put my hand on the shoulder of a complete stranger whose name I still don't know as soon as the <laughs> ball hit the bat. And I'm just – I'm almost shaking, just speechless. And then once it gets into the left – to the left field lounge, then I start losing my mind. Uh, yeah. It was – I was out there in right field, you know, with the students. It was um, – there was – we started climbing things. I wasn't climbing anything. But there were, folks were climbing things. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened. I got covered uh, in – who knows what kind of liquids uh, – it was – it could not – the moment in that ballpark, it almost felt like a walk – like we had hit a walk-off home run. You know, it was just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did that feel watching at home, Gavin? You know, my favorite part was actually – after it, when he hit it, of course, I was freaking out because obviously I'd want him to go out of Duty Noble in style. 
But the coolest part to me was whenever Astro hit the home run, you know, they play the most time they'll show the bat flip camera view or whatever. So uh, seeing that was pretty cool whenever, you know, he basically threw the bat back to our dugout and started going insane. If you uh, if you go back and watch the video, the long video of the, the whole scene, go watch Peyton Plumley's reaction. That was our reaction. Yes. We were just – I was dumbstruck. Yeah. Absolutely just floored that this awesome moment got to happen for him. You couldn't have written it up much better than that, I don't think. Uh, uh, for it, for us to win two games any, handily and not have any trouble, have. I think that went about as good as it could have gone, you know, considering how good the seniors and the players that won't be back next year did this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Talking about some uh, – well, first thing I'd like to get into is that guy that hit that home run was not drafted into the 2019 Major League Baseball draft somehow. Uh, some way, some some sort of lack of insight or carelessness or some sort of I don't even I don't even know what words to use to describe just the audacity of him not being on a roster anywhere right now and how bad that must feel for him and how much he has overcome. He's you know, his grandfather passed, he's broken his foot, he didn't get drafted. He went through a terrible slump uh, about three quarters way through the year. I mean, it's been a t- it's been an up and down tough season for him, and to just culminate the home schedule like that must mean a just I know it just means a ton. Uh, he is a warrior. Say what, Gavin? I said he is a warrior. Absolutely a warrior. Him and he is as big a warrior as we've had. We've seen they call him Big Hit Mac for a reason. Uh. The people were around where I was. Uh, where I was that night was chanting something different, quite similar to Big Hit Mac. I'll let you use your imagination when he uh, came <laughs> back out from right field. Uh, can't say I blame him. Can't say I endorse it, but I can't say I blame him. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, did you did you catch it at first when it first showed the replay? The reaction uh, of the umpire, Gavin. I. I didn't get to uh, take that in until after the game on social media. Uh, yeah, I didn't even uh, – I actually saw it, you know, in that first time uh, that they ran through it on the camera. I saw it whenever he was rounding first, and I was wondering, you know, like, why are you going to ruin his moment? That's probably the um, – if it's not the most special moment of his career because, you know, he hit that walk-off last year. It's definitely up there for him. And uh, for the umpire to – you know, be like that. I feel like that's just really selfish of him. And, you know, like uh, like Skip showed us earlier, that one T-shirt that says, the moment is bigger than you. It's, that's right. I really couldn't sum it up much better than that. There's a, for those of y'all that don't know, there's a Twitter account called 11.7, the number 11, P-O-I-N-T-7. It's a baseball uh, show, podcast, and uh, uh, social media presence. And they, I mean, not 12 hours after that happened, had a T-shirt with a picture of the umpire telling Mac what to do and said, the moment is bigger than you. And I think that's a great way to describe it. You know, I'm going to get up on my soapbox a little bit. Um, Umpires, officials, referees in all sports do a thankless job. We very seldom notice when they do their job right, but they are the heated topic of discussion as soon as they do something wrong. And And that's tough. That's a tough job. But there's absolutely no reason for you to be just so clueless and just so naive 
to the sentiment of that particular moment. There's that's I would tell you what that's called, Gavin. That's called making the show about you. He he's trying to yep. he's trying to feel more important or just as important as the as the players around him. And umpires are important, but they are the, the to be you know seen and, and I wouldn't say seen and not heard. Obviously, you have to hear they're safe and foul they're safe and uh foul ball calls stuff like that. But they're almost like the the invisible thing that you know you you that we ought to appreciate, but we ought not have to notice that bad. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. Those 11, 11.5 thousand people didn't pay to see that umpire barking at Elijah McNamee. They paid to see Elijah McNamee. They paid to see Jake Mangum yeah. and Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan and Peyton Plumley and all those players from Stanford compete on the baseball diamond as collegiate athletes, not professional, uh, you know, 40, 50, 60 year old men out there arguing arguing or barking at players for uh stuff that just is uncalled for. I don't you know, if you're pimping a home run that puts you that puts you down four instead of down five in the sixth inning of a midweek game, okay? Absolutely. That's 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 Bush League. Don't 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 be, you know, pump pumping your fist about that. How did he not know what kind of moment that was? Yeah. It was his last plate appearance. I mean, I know it was just to extend the lead that, you know, we didn't need anyway because we ended up not giving up any runs in the ninth. But that was does, – does he not aware that that – did he not think to himself, huh, this is this dude. Even if even if none of the other stuff had happened, a senior's last at bat. He know, he's he got to know he's a senior. He's got to know yeah. – even if it's just his last at bat of the season, he'll be back next year. That's at least a big uh, – still a pretty big moment. Yeah. I just don't see how you can't be more heady there if you're the umpire. But uh, I'll get off my get off the pulpit now. Uh, this was a fun game. I got covered in alcohol, alcoholic beverages, not once but twice. Um, we in right field. I was not drinking any alcoholic beverages. I want to let everybody know I did bring two waters and two Gatorades for myself, uh, and didn't share any with my sister because she said. Uh, if you bring those things and make, you're gonna make me carry that bag, and I said, "Well, I won't make you carry the bag, and you can't have any." So, um, anyway, <laughs> but uh, I was we we got drenched after that triple that Dusty hit because we all thought it was a grand slam. I thought it was a grand slam. We couldn't see the ball hit the fence. We just saw that the Sanford players didn't catch it uh, because they yeah. just kind of hung their heads after the ball uh, made contact with the fence. We thought we were uh, trotting home, and all of a sudden I see Dusty standing on third. I'm like, oh my goodness! But uh. I think a bases clear and triple is just is you know still calls for beer everywhere. Um, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the beer. Well, I, here's the thing: it wasn't a beer shower, as in an intended and written up and uh, purposeful showering of uh, beverages. It was literally everybody's just jumping up and down so hard and they forget what's in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened twice. Uh, everybody knocks over everything, and you just all of a sudden it's all over the place. It wasn't so much we're gonna count down till it get, leaves the yard and then throw our drinks up. Uh, although I think it would be really funny if they tried to do the beer shower up at Swayze Field and it didn't get out. But where they're all located in right field, if that exact same play had happened, they would have thought it was a home run too. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see them falsely, you know, with in, in error, air to throw their beers. I think that would be kind of funny. happened before. What would you say? There's no way that – there's no way they've made it this many years without it happening before. I've got to uh, have accidental beer shower. Got to have a premature beer shower. Uh, anyway, but uh, two of our our leaders on the team, McNamee and uh, Skelton, did uh cause me to be very sticky. 
Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, speaking of some of these uh, great players, let's talk about some of the, some other things that these seniors did. P- Peyton Plumley, one of his best outings of the year, gives up a hit to first and last player uh, that the last batters he faces. Um, the first of which was a solo home run, but after that was as locked in as I've ever seen him. Six and two-thirds, two hits, and one run, and I don't think there's enough you can really say about uh, what he did to that really powerful lineup. Uh, that's a, that, that team hit hit almost 90 home runs this year, guys. That's more than a few. I mean, I feel like the most impressive part of what Plumlee did last night was his ability to keep the ball low in the zone, and uh, they really just weren't able to get underneath anything. They had to every just about every time they made contact with the ball, it was a ground ball somewhere in the infield. It was it he you know he did exactly what you said. That's his been his uh his calling card all year is keeping the stuff down in the zone. Stanford just could not adjust to what Plumley was doing. He kind of over uh was over pitching himself when he gave up that home run. You know, trying maybe trying to do too much, maybe just made a mistake. I'm not sure, but uh even with some adversity, you know, a couple errors. That uh cost that cost him some uh, extra arm weariness and some extra pitches early on. He pitched through that and did and did still manage to do, have a fantastic outing. Uh, like you said, keeping that ball low in the zone. We we told you uh, earlier this is a Stanford team that ha- leads the country in flyouts and uh, was close to the top in, in home runs and did lead the Pac-12 in home runs. You know they're swinging, they're taking big hacks. And if you're a sinker, a sinker slider pitcher that stays down in the zone over over a team that takes big hacks, uh, that's a recipe for success. Uh, I, and you know what'd you say? Um, watching on TV last night, Plum's stuff really. Even he said it after the game, it wasn't really there last night, like it has been lately. I mean, yeah, he's still got movement. He's a sink, like you said, he's a sinker slider pitcher. But what impressed me the most last night was his ability to spot his fastball on command. So I'm in right field. I'm not getting the best view of just that location. But you're telling me he was painting it is what you're telling me. Oh, he was painting it. Like there were there were countless times last night where Dustin would call fastball and you know he wouldn't move his glove. You love to see it. One of those things that you just love to see. You know, uh p- pitching has something a lot to do as something really in common with real estate. It's uh, location, location, location. You ain't got to gas gas it by people if you can put it right where they can't hit it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially if you got good action on your on your pitches and can command multiple pitches. Um, Peyton doesn't just doesn't just you know blow it by anybody. He's not a slow pitcher. I don't think we have a slow pitcher on the roster this year. To be completely honest, we have in years past. We've had guys that can't touch eighty eight. Uh, I don't know anybody on the team that c- couldn't reach that right now. But uh, yeah. You don't have to throw, be throwing 96, 97 either. And uh, Peyton and the next guy we're going to talk about prove that. Now, Lee Belt can get some juice on it. Lee, uh, Lee Belt throws 94, 95. Don't be surprised. Uh, but Jerry Lee Belt, uh, one and one third. He did give up two hits, but no runs. Another senior that comes out and gives a strong performance. Uh, gave up a couple soft hits too. But just – you can't. You just love to see a guy make two appearances in Super Regional. His last time at Indianapolis Field, and again, we talked about this multiple times. But the dude had an ERA above thirteen last season, and he's our most reliable reliever so far. I mean, you just gotta love what Lee Belt's been doing uh, in this postseason. You know, he's he hasn't he's been touched for a couple of hits in the postseason, but he's 
fought back through it. He's gotten out of jams. He's, you know, not, uh, he's limited damage. He's done everything that you need him to do. And, uh, that's the kind of guy that you're going to need moving forward. Another guy that we're going to need moving forward is Cole Gordon. Cole Gordon with a perfect ninth inning with two strikeouts last night, uh, was a sparkling as he's been all year. Gavin, We've played five postseason games, and Cole's pitched in all five. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Mm. Um, he's pitched in all five yeah. and not given up been a, a run. Force. He's given up just two hits, both in the, the same inning to uh, Miami – or no, Central Michigan. And he's just been sparkling. Uh, and I, I say he's been into the close these games. But these aren't haven't been a ton of save situations. But uh, three of these – are. Four of these have been saves that uh, every everyone except last night that just boggles your mind to think we were we we were more likely at this point last year to not have Cole Gordon on the team than we were to have Cole Gordon. Cole Gordon was lining up a job like a day job, like a nine to five desk job back back close um, to his hometown. If I'm not mistaken, he was going to be. Would you say you cut out? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty police officer in tampa that uh that'd be pretty cool i don't think if it's as cool as pitching in omaha for a second year in a row but uh <laughs> that would have been good for cole would have been a good opportunity for him yeah. but well, maybe after he's done with baseball <laughs> he's he's got all the time in the world to do that i'm glad he stuck around for a year i'm glad we convinced him to stay go to graduate school uh get the crazy masters. thing about cole uh these last couple of weeks what what shocked me the most is that he's starting to get uh, strikeouts at an Ethan Small rate. He's he's getting them at a big clip, and I tell you that that fastball is just lively, and that breaking ball ain't messing around. The, the last strike he had last night, it it looked like it bent around the bat, and like a unlike a C, it you know you see the twelve six curve, it looked more like a like an 11 o'clock, 5 o'clock curve, you know. It well, kind did of you notice his throwing motion on it? Angled. Oh, my gosh, it was insane. How to, that's something you can't really teach. And, and this dude yeah. wasn't a pitcher. I don't know where he picks this up. <laughs> pitching Ninja on Twitter. That's how. I, I don't know how Cole – has Cole ended up on Pitching Ninja? I know Lee Belt and Small has. Yeah, I don't think Cole has yet, but after last night he definitely should that have. Pitch that pitch should have. There was another, we, another was pitching weird. website tweeted that whole video of his last pitch. <laughs> Uh, with the whole dog pond and everything, and they're like, look at this filthy pitch. But yeah. uh, It was weird, though, because what I noticed, it looked like he, like, took something off of it. The way he finished, his arm was, like, bent up like the salt. It looked like he was doing salt bay with his arm. It it looks like he's being lively with his pitches, fast with his fastballs, and a big gap between the speeds of his fastballs and his breaking balls. And it kind of looks like he's throwing out of multiple arm slots a little bit. And I don't know yeah. if that's just the way he pitches or if he's just intentionally being deceptive, but whatever it is, it's working. Yep. Another guy that had a great night last night. Uh, man, I had fun watching Dustin Skelton play last night. Two amazing, and I mean dynamite plays, at uh, at behind the dish last night. He throws out a bunner that uh, is probably a base hit 90% of the time. But he grabbed that ball, spun around, and I mean a cannon, absolute yeah. missile to first book base. Tanner Allen barely has to move his glove to catch it. Perfect throw. Doesn't even look like he was staring, like even looking that direction. 
and uh, just had the whole crowd on its feet. And then the, the hose at third base. I don't know why you're trying to steal third on Dustin Skelton. Uh, I don't know why you're trying to steal third in college baseball. That's a good point, too. I don't – you know, I'm pretty sure uh, stealing third in general isn't a great idea. But these guys are from Stanford. Aren't they supposed to be, like, smart? Or isn't this like an <laughs> Ivy League kind of caliber school and they're still in third on Dustin Skelton? Did they yeah. – so somebody that didn't do their homework. The dude, that was like his 20th base run of the year. It was his 20th yeah. base run of the year. I don't know. I don't know why you would decide to ever steal 30s on a college catcher, you know, especially Dustin Skelton. Last night I was actually watching the game with my little brother. He's uh, He's seven. He's still kind of learning the game. And as soon as that happened, I looked at him. I said, "That's why you do not steal third." <laughs> we uh, the the one and again the Governor's Cup, when Mike Bianco tells calls a double steal with a left-handed hitter on a fastball count, trying to get Savidia Anthony a double steal, trying to get Anthony Savidia to third base. That one boggles my mind more than anything. You know, none yeah. of that said. At least there was a right-handed batter in the box when uh. That kind of blocked his vision when uh, Dustin made this throw. But uh, I will say what, the runner wasn't even close. Um, he was out. He, lo- he looked out by a mile from where I was. I don't know what the TV angle saw. Was he out by a no. lot? He was out by, I'd say, at least three feet. Dang. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love hearing that. <laughs> uh, Skelton's getting it done on both behind the plate and at the plate. Uh, had a big single, but three inches away from a grand slam. He does clear the bases with a triple with two outs. Uh, really kind of blew, blew that game open in the big inning, you know, where we really kind of got to Miller, their starter. Uh, man, that was just so fun to watch. Like I said, we we thought it was gone, and we had a party in right field after that. <laughs> uh, couldn't find out it wasn't, but, you know, we'll, we'll take we, – we will take it. We weren't mad about it at all. Uh you know, couldn't really tell from where we were, but what I've heard is like the fan interference thing was kind of, kind of, you know, a joke. Not really. Oh, it was never case. in question. The, if anything, the state guys helped him out. I think, I think if there were no fans in that stadium, Dustin Skelton has an inside the parker. Really? Yeah, because they, uh, what happened was. Once the ball hit the ground, the Stanford guys had no clue where it was. They were looking around. And the uh, state fans, they were pointing at the ground. You know, they were pointing at the ball. So the Stanford guy looks up because he thinks it's out. He looks up and he sees them pointing down, and that's how he figured out where the ball was. Why, why, why are we – I mean, I know that we're really hospitable and courteous here in the South, but we don't have to help them, you know, <laughs> keep the guy at third. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. that there are some good Samaritans out there, but my lord, there's a limit <laughs> yeah. to these things, guys. Come on, we're trying well, to win. We're trying to go to open. Omaha. <laughs> I think it worked out for them just fine. Great job by the fans to not interfere with it. Uh, that would have been a one inning game, a one run inning, excuse me, if uh, if we interfere with that ball. But we don't. We have mm-hmm. di- the guys at, at that spot in the field had discipline enough to not touch a glove or touch a ball or anything like that, and couldn't be more proud of them for having that self-control that's kind of hard you want that ball really bad it wasn't it wasn't coming like a line drive where you're scared it's going to hit you in the face it's one that you could have caught but uh they did their, they did good not to try to make that attempt somebody else i want to highlight another senior uh marshall gilbert 
great night at the plate last night. Had those tough errors early on that ended up not hurting us, but uh, kind of got kind of got Peyton's pitch count up a little bit. And you're worried about that long term. It obviously ended up working out just fine. Peyton had a great outing anyway. But man, and I tell people this every time, you know, we're gonna have some errors in the field. Marshall Gilbert's gonna commit some of those errors. But it just seems like every time he makes an error, he makes a big league play to go with it. He had some great plays at third base last night as well as those uh, two miscues. Well, you know, uh, that was it the first inning whenever he had his first error? Yes. Right? Yeah, he had that first error. And then um, to follow it up, you know, he comes out the next inning and uh, he hit that knockdown single through six hole. So. You know, we, uh, I was actually watching the game with my dad with my dad last night, and he was saying, he said, you know, it seems like every time Marshall makes a bad play, the next inning he comes out, he makes a good one, whether it's with his bat or with his arm. You know, that's one of my ones. Like I said, my dad's not overreacting; he's just passionate. That's one of the ones my dad just gets all worked up about making those, uh, making those errors. But like I said, like you just said. He has come through in a in a place where a lot of third basemen wouldn't. He's gone deep in that in that five hole and made a great throw to first base. He did it in both games this regional, uh, in a crucial spot with Small on the mound for uh on the Saturday game, the last out of uh of Small's career at Denver Field. Marshall Gilbert makes a, a pretty tough play to get the guy at first, and he did so. He was doing it all night, and uh, I'm glad that he's out there. Really. You got to have him out there because we need his bat. The dude's batting well over three hundred in the nine hole. Okay, that's that's not that's not that's something that very very few teams have. You know, if not for he's a, got a better batting average. So what, two Gavin? Hole, man. I said his batting average is higher than our two hole man. If not for a couple of really bad slumps that you wouldn't have expected uh, late in the regular season, we've got nothing but plus three hundred hitters throughout this lineup. Yeah. And that's actually what I was going to get to next. Uh, Jordan Westbury, you know, he he had uh, done very well for himself coming into the postseason, but he really uh, caught on fire, you know, as the postseason has progressed. And this weekend, he actually batted four hundred or five hundred, my bad. And his average is now pushing three hundred again. He's at two ninety nine. All right, so let me get this straight, Gavin. You mean to tell me? You know, Jake had two hits last night and several hits this weekend. Marshall had a multi-hit game last weekend. I mean, this uh, last night. Dustin Skelton had multiple hits, had a big triple last night. Rowdy Jordan was your regional MVP. Got some hits this weekend. Josh Hatcher is knocking the cover off the ball. Tanner Allen has stayed pretty hot. I think he only got the one hit last night. But uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the holes in this lineup, and there's not one right now. Not even anybody trending in the wrong direction in this lineup that I can see. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know. I can't argue with you. I mean, if anything, you'd say Foscue isn't heating up right now, but he's not slacking. Uh, no. He draws the walk that gets you the RBI last night, you know, gets a base hit, follows up McNamee's home run with a base hit. There's a – and let me tell you something about Elijah McNamee too. That's somebody that can carry a team for a little while. (laughs) And and it's only a little while in Omaha. 
two and yeah. a half weeks or a week and a half at the most, you know, two weeks. And I feel like this is the way I'm looking at Omaha, okay? You know, Jake's going to go out there. He'll do his thing in Omaha, I have no doubt. He's past his slump. Uh, Westy, like I just said, he's heating up. T.A., I mean, he's Tanner Allen. Uh, Mac, you know, he hadn't been the same since his injury, but I, feel, I really feel like that home run last night is going to get him going again, and he'll be back to a postseason Mac. And then you look at Foskey, he's been Mr. Consistent all year. Skelton just had a phenomenal weekend, and he's playing great defense. Uh, we, Gosh, we need Skelton to come back next year so bad. Oh, man, I know. It's hurting me. Man. It's hurting me. I yeah. hope he stays. Rowdy. I mean, he's Rowdy Jordan. He's he's playing great, like we just said. And then whoever you slip in that DH spot, um, you know, I have confidence in whoever that's going to be. And then, like you said, Marshall Gilbert is in the nine-hole batting well over 300. And, you know, if, if that if that DH is Hatcher like it has been, there's another plus 300 hitter. I think uh, you've got – Halter's batting – Halter's the other DH in that position that's batting, you know, not quite 300. Um, Cumbus hasn't been seeing as much playing time recently. But uh, whoever has been in that spot has been productive. We've gotten production from the DH all year. And it's especially coming around lately with Hatcher. You know, he had that huge weekend against South Carolina, and he hasn't really looked back. We're still kind of playing the matchups there. You know, the handedness of the pitcher is kind of determining who's getting that uh, that role. But I think we've solidified all our positions everywhere else, and it's uh, looking really good. I'm glad that we've also got McNamee going in right field again just because even – you know, you thought with the injury maybe we just DH him all year, but kind of more the natural order of things to have him out there, the leader, you know, and, on the diamond uh, for all know, nine innings. Max, Max's defensive presence is very underrated. It is, and he's lost a step running, you know, after balls. But his glove, especially early this year, was – Actually shocked me. It was a fantastic. He's had some fantastic plays. Yeah, the the first play that c- to come to mind for me was that uh, play he made in the right field corner against Southern Miss in Game Three. That uh, the big play against Florida, you know, yeah. um, would have scored two runs on like at least a double or a triple. He comes in and not only does he make that catch on the run, a difficult catch going back the back the opposite direction towards the corner. Comes in and gets the two-run uh, base hit, the two-run R- two two RBIs the next inning that we actually ended up needing because we they tried to storm Florida tried to storm back and we only beat them by one that second game or that first game. Yeah. Uh, a good thing I I think outside of you know a couple errors at third base, the defense last night and all weekend looked really good. Westberg made some great plays. Skelton made some great plays. Bosky was solid. No problems in the outfield. Uh, got guys getting thrown out uh, trying to steal. It's all – It's what I'm looking at – what I'm trying to say, what I'm looking at here is a complete team. We know what the pitching's doing. We know that Peyton Palmley, hot take, probably the the third the, – the best third starter in college baseball, if you ask me, if you just think about the numbers that he's had since that Arkansas game, and we'll get into more of that later. It's coming down to just a really good type of uh, – type of – puzzle that is being all the pieces falling into place for us um just looking more to what happened this weekend talking about last night they throw the miller kid eric miller um only really kind of strikeout ish pitcher that they have had almost 100 coming in 
Uh, nobody else really had close to that. I think the most anybody had after him was 55. Like I said, like we said in the last show, they're pitched to contact. But the other thing about Miller is, you know, it's, you know, live by that lively stuff that he strikes people out with and you die by it because he can walk the yard and he absolutely did give up a lot of free passes, had over 70 pitches and only two and two thirds innings comes out after that triple that a uh, skeleton hit um, getting to him early. I think was pretty crucial. What about you? Yeah, that was definitely a big part of our uh, attack last night. And I feel like if we wouldn't have gotten him early, that game could have been a lot closer than it was, but um you know, I feel like also their bullpen did a good job of coming out and shutting it down. Like you said, they were solid up until that home run that Mac had. If you think about the Jack Little guy, their best, that's their best, that's their guy, you know, coming out of the bullpen. He's been their stopper. Their, he's been a, that closer and kind of a long reliever, uh, lowest ERA on the team, uh, tied for most appearances coming into the weekend. He, uh, if you think about if Miller gets his five, six-inning start that he's used to, he, he usually goes about six innings. And then they bring Little in to close that out. You know, Little went five innings and barely gave up anything until the big the uh, the big inning in the ninth. And even then, the home run wasn't his. You know, he was responsible for the two guys on base before that, but the home run wasn't even his. Yeah. Uh, we'd, be playing, we'd be playing tonight. If we don't if we don't get that starter out, if we let them pitch through that thing with two, maybe three guys, and let Miller get deep into that game, we might be, you know, we might have been in a in a two, three, one, maybe even a one run ball game, and we might have uh not gotten the better of it. So that was crucial. That's just about our discipline at the plate. And of course, you know, when Foskey walk gets walked in, all credit to Foskey, but the crowd got so involved in the in that uh, at bat. It was absolutely bonkers in there, and Miller wasn't even close. But before that, to get on base, these disciplined at bats that we've had all year, ever since, again, goes back to the Arkansas series. Ever since that Arkansas series, we've had really disciplined approaches at the plate that has gotten guys on base without even having to touch the ball. Yeah. And, you know, Mac last night, his first eight pitches that he saw were balls. I mean, and Mac, I don't know if he is now after the break, but he was leading the team in walks. And, uh, you know, they're, for a guy that didn't get drafted, they seem to be a little bit scared of his power. I know that second walk especially was probably they weren't trying to pitch around him a little bit, but they kind of they like to nibble with Mac. They don't like yeah. to just attack him. They know oh, that he's got that something about him that can really turn you around real quick if it's a big-time situation. Yeah. Uh, going back to the, to the first game, which we've barely talked about at all, another, another not senior but a guy that's uh, – He's a actually he's classified as senior uh, by his uh, academic schedule, not his baseball schedule. He had a red shirt injured medical red shirt year, but uh, oh, nonetheless, a guy that won't be back. Ethan Small, your first round draft pick, had another great great game. Of course, uh, luckily for him, Jake Mangum prevented him from giving up more runs in the first inning than he had all year. He uh, Jake Mangum brings back in a grand slam. Uh, in the first inning, it ended up being a one out, uh, a one run sack fly. But uh, that's all that he would give up. He was absolutely stellar after that. You know, a little bit low on the strikeouts with eight through six innings, and that seems funny to say that we're a little bit disappointed with eight strikeouts through six innings. But <laughs> uh, we've gotten used to the the those gaudy strikeout numbers. Um, 
another thing I will say about that robbery, all the people in right field were like, I don't think it would have gone over, but and I was like, oh, he oh, might have just helped us. And you go back, I got back home and watched the video, and it absolutely would have went over. Yeah. Then, you know, uh, what, what blew me away the most out of that was, I don't know if you heard this or not, but that was Jake's first time robbing. I heard run. that. That is Jake's first home. That, that, is, that seems preposterous yeah. to me. I was thinking, when I heard that, I said, there's literally no way. Like, and, and I'll I tell you what it is. We know he's made great catches, but you just think about how often that time comes. How often does a home run come just a foot or less away from the edge of the fence? And, it, and, yeah. and you know, even then, it's got to come towards around the center field, which is uh, the deepest part of the park where it's more likely to be out, out in front of the warden track anyway. Just kind of funny that that's never happened. But, you know, he's had, now he's had everything. Okay, I think he's, <laughs> he's done it all now. Um, glad that he got that experience. Uh, this was all around a pretty great weekend. Like I said, good defense, great pitching, great timely hitting. Uh, it wasn't a very fierce, uh, scary pitching lineup that we faced, but it was a very capable one. They're the, a number 11 national seed for a reason that we uh, put 14 runs up on. Only gave up three runs total to – one of the most powerful, maybe not the best average, but one of the most powerful lineups in all of baseball. And uh, very impressed by all of those things. Uh, Got a couple tidbits for you. Luke Alexander and Coach Lamonis and Jake Gotro will all three become both players and coaches to participate in the College World Series. Is that not just the craziest thing? Yeah, that's that's actually crazy, and that shows you their experience. You know, they all have experience in Omaha. They'll they'll know how to deal with the guys while they're in Omaha. They'll know how to keep them calm, uh, and just kind of give them a, or I'd say give them ways to deal with the moment. But I feel like that wouldn't really capture it. It's more of like tips on how to deal with the moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. Luke Alexander has that unfortunate situation, and he might get to play next year. Uh, that'd be really nice. But Alexander. Coach at first base this year for free uh, as a student assistant, an undergraduate assistant. Coach Lamonis made it to Omaha from the Citadel. Jake Gotro made it from Tulane back in their glory days. And now they're all three uh, holding the clipboard and coaching up the bases in that same venue, that same arena. Of course, you know, Gotro and Lamonis didn't play a TG Ameritrade, but uh, mm-hmm. same situation, I guess. Um, how about the new dude? The new dude, Gavin, has still never seen a midweek loss. Has only seen one con- non-conference loss. Has only seen one series loss. Has never seen a postseason loss. And has never held a home team that didn't make it to Omaha. That's, that's pretty impressive. I think the new dude's doing pretty – I think we broke – I think it was a good inaugural season for the for the yeah. brand new field, and a lot of people, and they maybe there's some there's some some merit to this argument, thought that we were going to just lose a lot of that value of that culture and that you know that ambiance in the old lounge. Let me tell you what that right there, that moment last night with those two big hits that. 
crowd, that raucous act, that just absolutely berserk atmosphere cannot be beaten. I don't think in anywhere in the country in college baseball, and honestly, probably not even in pro baseball, not even in, you know, the actual World Series. That was just so amazing to behold, just the way the crowd was into it. I don't think, you know, it might be different than the old field, but there's no way it's any worse. It's just, it's just something about it, man. Yeah. It's de- and after what Mac did in that stadium, I think that stadium might have a little bit of magic as new as it is in it already. Uh, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I definitely agree. Um, you know, the, the cool thing about it with me is I feel like they did a really good job of, um, you know, obviously the old stadium's gone now, but I feel like they did a good job of keeping the atmosphere and like, like you said, the magic of it. I think they did too. The best they could have done. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's it's almost like they just gave it a facelift at that point. Yeah. Made it, you know, the nicest venues in uh, college baseball, full offense to bomb stadium. So uh, Gavin, uh, switching gears a little bit here. I've got a good question for you. Gavin, how old are you? All right. 17 years old. What what year were you born, Gavin? 2002. And, my, and you know, the last thing I want to ask you is, how many doubles had Mississippi State hit in 2019? 160 up to this point. 162 baggers. And, guys, that is more doubles than anybody has hit since this young man has been alive. Yeah. Um we're not hitting a ton of home runs. We're hitting a pretty good a pretty decent amount. But man, can we hit some doubles. I think that's uh we had more doubles than singles in the first game this weekend in the Super Regional, which is just crazy to me. But uh that's just a tidbit I thought y'all'd like to know. Um we've broken our own school record for doubles and uh that's kind of it's a hustle stat. We're stretching a lot of these doubles in that, you know, most teams would have as singles. You know, Westberg and Mangum and uh, Tanner Allen will get on their horse a little bit and run. Elijah McNamee does it all the time, and he's not even that swift. you got to be impressed mm. by that. Uh, you've seen Hatcher Andy do has it. a screw in his foot. Say what? I said Andy has a screw in his foot. Andy's got a screw point. in his foot. He was, he was doing it the, this weekend. He great dodge of a tag. Uh against Stanford in the first game that I, I as soon as he said it, I said, oh, my gosh, he dodged it. And everybody's like, everybody thought he was out. And I screamed. I was staring right at it. Oh, my gosh, he dodged it. And then we all were reviewing. They're like, I'll be dang, He sure did. Uh, <laughs> but that's just, you know, being hustle, being smart, being heady, but also having some power in your sticks. You know, that's just being able to uh, put a good put a good lick on the ball that can drive it in the gap or down the corner somewhere. Um, Some other – little tidbits um that we've got you know we've had not big ones but albeit we've had a comeback in four out of these five postseason games we come back from down one run in the first inning in each of these games from down one run in the third inning against miami and down four two in the fourth against southern and they're not you know we're not storming back from down a touchdown or anything but we're not getting rattled Nobody is, you know, panicking. Everybody is staying calm and doing their thing and winning these games and winning most of these games pretty handily. I think our closest game was the, was the Miami game. Uh, you know, we're not we're not we haven't blown anybody out. Just you know, run them out of the ballpark. 
but we're coming back. We're keeping our heads on our shoulders and playing good baseball for nine innings and for 27 outs. It's something that I like to see. Uh, it's been a pretty battle-tested team when you think about who they've had to play this year and who they had to go through. You know, our, I'm not going to lie. Super Regional wasn't difficult. We had a tough draw on the Regional. And yeah. uh, we showed out, I think. You know, you see how many how many people – were you one of those people, Gavin, who always complaining about how we were doing in Hoover? Oh, I was pretty mad about how we were doing in Hoover. But I was, I was also mad that I spent three hours in the car to go watch us uh, lose two games in Hoover, or the two Oof. games that I got to go to. Oof. That's – uh. see, and I'm getting to go all, the, all these postseason games that we win. I didn't go to Hoover, so it sounds yeah. like I need to go. And, and just yeah. for the record, you should, guys, you should have been there. I'm going to Omaha, too. So, you know, I went to Omaha last year, and I I was at all the games we won, and I missed all the games we lost. So, I'm not saying, you know, anything, spe- uh, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, I, since I've been a student here, every postseason game I've attended, we won. So, you know, well, it is what it might, is. But you uh, might have to start traveling with them. I might. They might just want to put me on the bus, Gavin. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, it's neither here nor there, but. Uh, another thing, you know, I think it's just kind of a topic for discussion and debate uh, around this baseball team. We have uh, – is this the best pitching rotation in the country? Is it the best pitching rotation that's left? And is it the best pitching rotation anybody's got? Because I'm kind of feeling like it's got to be up there. If you take If you take our stats, like I said, after that Arkansas series, I don't think anybody touches it. Oh, no. We've been the hottest team in the country. If you if you throw away Hoover, I think you know you got you that that weekend was bad. But even then, you had the bad game against uh, LSU, the second game for the pitching staff. But that game against Vanderbilt and that uh, seventeen inning game was was still a great pitching performance. You know, yeah. something I love to see for, to get to, you throw a midweek starter against LSU that first game and only give up five runs in 17 innings, you know. It's been it's been pretty – I've been impressed. I don't know if anybody else is as impressed as I am. Peyton Plumley has been uh, – that one South Carolina game where errors really hurt him is the only really bad – sort of not even a terrible outing, just a, not a great outing that he's had uh, since that Arkansas series. Other than that, he's beaten Georgia. He's beaten Ole Miss twice in, within five days. He beat Stanford. LSU. LSU roughed up Ginn and Hoover, didn't they? LSU roughed up Ginn. Errors hurt us against them. LSU roughed up all everybody we threw. You know, they threw – we had 12 uh, – they scored 12 on us that game. We just kind of fell apart. But, like I said, it just seems so far away now. I don't think anybody's complaining about uh, about those games anymore. Yeah, you're right. Um, One thing we'll talk about briefly before we go, you know, some people are kind of saying this is kind of a tough jaw for our bracket. Uh, We do get the benefit of playing – a uh, former th- uh, two seed in the first game. That's Auburn, who we've played before. We'll preview them just briefly. They, uh, they're, they're banged up in their pitching staff, which was their strength at the beginning of the year. They did hang 14 runs on North Carolina today, but they are not – that's more the anomaly, more the exception of the rule. They're not a, just a terribly great hitting team. I think playing a big ballpark uh, – that they're not going to jerk it out of a ton lends itself to our favor. Um, 
probably I would be really surprised if we get a lot of home runs hit on us this this year uh, or in Omaha. We don't give up a lot. This part doesn't get up, give up a lot. But uh, the we play the we play whoever win or lose we will play either Louisville or Vanderbilt the next game, and that's a pretty tough draw when you consider the fact that Michigan and Florida State, who I think has a chance to do some real damage in this tournament, uh, made it to the other side. Texas Tech, a team that we beat, and of course Arkansas. I'll tell you some other things that we do have going for us, though. Nobody wants us in their bracket either. That's number no. one. Number two, even including Arkansas, who made it one series farther than us, we've got the most postseason experience out of anybody in this team. When you consider four straight super – anybody in this tournament, when you consider four straight super regionals, two trips to Omaha, uh, this being our second trip, we've got – you know, we got all the tourist stuff out of the way. You don't have to worry about uh, the players being super excited just to be there. They're, 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 it's a business trip this season. Plumlee will be. Huh? Plumlee's going to be excited. <laughs> Plumlee's going to be excited. Maybe maybe he'll get like... all his – maybe he won't uh, get but the third start in uh, Omaha, and then he'll be settled down by then. But, yeah, Plumlee will be excited. For those of you that don't know, like... Plumlee wasn't with the team last year, so – well, I feel like Plumlee's personality, he could go to Omaha for four years and he'll be he'll still be excited when he goes his fifth time. <laughs> That's like me. That's like me, me going anywhere. Like I, I just love getting fired up for stuff. You know, I this is I get fired up for a midweek game against, you know, Jackson's Jackson State. <laughs> yeah. I'm just excited to be there. Um, one thing uh fans might want to know is Chris Lamonis played his conference tournaments in this stadium. So he knows how to coach here. Uh, he did that back at Indiana. Um, and we know that uh, Gotra knows what he's doing and these players know what they're doing in the stadium. So that's all I've got to say about that. Um, one last thing before we go, uh, two last things. Jack Egan's doing fine. That was a scary moment in game one. We're so glad that he's doing okay. Uh, we believe it was a seizure. Um he went to the hospital. He got to sit in the dugout in the uh, game too. Very thankful for that. And a bit of news over the weekend. Uh, Q Weatherspoons, Nick Weatherspoons, little brother, a shooting guard named Brendan Weatherspoon, who is taller than both of them. He's listed as six four, yeah. uh, and still growing. Has committed to Mississippi State over Ole Miss um, for to play basketball. So. That is uh, some good news on the weekend for Ben Howland's Bulldogs that, uh, you know, we're going to complete the trifecta of Weatherspoons yep. uh, in the program. I don't think we've had any problems with them uh, being on the team so far. Do you? Um, no. No, no. All right. That's going to do it for this evening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed what you saw on the field uh, this weekend. I hope you enjoyed what you heard on the show today. And I hope that we will enjoy what we see in Omaha next week. Until then, uh, blessings on everything that you do or attempt, and hopefully you will have safe travels and uh, safe movement, safe everything, happy everything, blessings for all uh, whatever you try or endeavor throughout uh, the rest of this week until we see you again. Until next time, hail state and praise the Lord and go dogs.